Welcome to Henry Kissinger as Pokemon going to die before he turns 100. Not a threat. Just a fact. Um, this is a special, uh, nope, it's not. It's a special number it's, of episodes. This is, a, this is a very normal episode. <laughs> Welcome to a very normal episode. Uh, I'm Val Flight Cub, and... Do you want to use my Twitter joke? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I'm Val Flight Cub, A.K.A. Nintendo's clear Game Boy Star Wars character C three no C through P O. Yeah, there you go. You got it. <laughs> uh, I'm C three C three P O's little friend um, R two C through. I love it. <laughs> and our little round ball of a friend bb clear (laughs) (laughs) like we said we've got a very normal one for you today ladies and gents so um you heard about you heard about politics no no move on to your next joke i start shuffling (laughs) through my cards and they all say caw (laughs) yeah i'll say they all say politics (laughs) well let's talk about um, a very eloquent and uh, smart and normal man who we think is good, actually, and not horribly dopey and mean. Um, that was sarcasm. We're talking about you gotta be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about uh, Joe Biden because people are talking about him on Twitter, and some people are him. Only one person, but still, I. I- don't think anyone is him on Twitter. I don't think no. he's ever tweeted. No, I don't. Which I don't think so either. To like to be fair to all the he's better than Trump people. He has never tweeted, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, you got to hand it away from him, which is his phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hand his phone to his interns. So yeah, so Joe Biden, um, pronounced like bidet but with an N, Bedane, mm-hmm. um, did an interview with um, Charlemagne Dagod, who is from uh, The Breakfast Club, which is a morning radio show based out of New York. And the interview was over over uh, you know Skype or whatever. Um, and uh, there was a, a clip, a little pull clip from it that got a lot of traction. So um, he, he ends the video, Charlemagne ends the video being like, okay, and you gotta like, you gotta come down to New York because we still have more questions. We, you know, we got still got a lot of questions for you. We didn't answer. And uh, Biden went, listen, man, if you don't know who you want to pick between me and Trump, you ain't black. And he like made this like ha face kind of like he made a joke. Isn't like a funny thing to say like a that isn't funny thing to say. And Charlemagne, not laughing, said it's not about Trump. I just want to like get stuff i just want to get things for my community mm-hmm. blah blah blah. but then was like okay bye and joe was like love to see you in person bye so that was in poor taste <laughs> yeah just like 
really bad. And like a joke, but also he wasn't joking. Yeah, he wasn't joking. And also this is exactly what you would expect of him mm-hmm. on his at his worst. Mm-hmm. And, and we just keep seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it's so indicative of like the democratic attitude. Yeah. The, the interview starts off. First of all, I watched the interview. It was like three questions and just like Charlemagne asking a question and then Joe Biden like, listen, blah, 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 blah. And it was like his answers were so memorized and so like, it was irritating to watch. Because um, it, it was just, I mean, I think all politicians and do this, but it was such an like inauthentic I conversation. Mean, I think, I do think all politicians do that. Um I think that Biden, like, everything else aside, every time he opens his mouth, it's like, it's like that, like, listen, blah, 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 is all that's left in him. Like, he has no other mode. Mm -hmm. Like, every, all the substance has slipped away, and what's left is that really abrasive and, uh disrespectful tone and like yeah. structure of answer yeah doesn't matter what he's actually saying yeah absolutely i mean like i so the the first question that charlene asked was you know basically like there's there's a bit of debate about you know people kind of saying that like um black people are obligated for to vote for the democratic party do you think the democratic party owes black people anything like that's not how he, he said it but that was basically the question of like do you mm-hmm. think that black voters are owed something? Um, and Joe Biden's answer started off basically like, listen, like, look at the polls. I get so many black votes. Like, black people really like me. I got more black votes in this one county than Obama did. Blah, blah, blah. I, black voters like me. And I was like, that's not the fucking question. And he went. Yeah, it's like he went on to be like when I first started my career. I made. I was. I moved to. You know, like I was. I was one of the only white people where I worked as a public defender because, blah blah blah. But like, he he first of all didn't start off with that, and like it it just sounded so like defensive. Like his answer was so like yeah. How would you even? How dare you even say that? Like I'm a Democrat. Of course I'm not racist. It's like we didn't ask that. Right. I think, like, I think what it is, is, like, like, he memorizes answers to possible questions. Mm -hmm. And then as he listens to the question, he just, like, picks up on keywords Mm -hmm. and tries to match that to one of the answers he has. Mm -hmm. But all of his answers are, like, on the offensive, or, like, on the defensive. Like, they're all, listen, disregard what you just said, which which I didn't listen to. Here's (laughs) the thing that I have to defend myself about on that subject, which I heard you say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's why your concerns shouldn't matter and you should vote for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, it's the same kind of way of answering the question the way that, like, that, that, like, the, you know, the environmental town hall that CNN did or whatever, where it was like, should hamburgers be illegal? And, you know, people like Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders were like, that's a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what we should be talking about. <laughs> like, he answers questions like that, but it's relevant things. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, no, d- like, do you think that the, like, the, the reason that pe- he's being asked, do you think the Democratic Party owes black voters things is because, the, you know, black voters feel like they're not being, ser- like, served. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the 
root cause of that question. So the like to answer like whatever. Of course, I'm not. Of course, I am. I like black people. It's like it's not. It's not even I like black people. It's black people like me. <laughs> right, black people like me. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, like at the at the end of it, it, it he he does circle around kind of to like I've always been you know focused on helping underprivileged people and and helping black voters and constituents and blah 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 but like it doesn't come from it, it doesn't feel like he's saying that like it's always been something he cares about it i don't know it ju- it just really was like it really felt like he was annoyed that he yeah. had to even answer that question yeah and like oh so i i did this out of order that was the second question that that charlemagne asked the first question was um you haven't been like online as much um you know people are kind of curious or like kind of concerned that you haven't been very visible mm-hmm. like um and he even like ob- obliquely mentioned like basically like Cuomo like he was like you know there are people in New York who are getting a lot more attention because they're Sarah online the all the time has been getting more attention because she's in New York and online yes exactly and she should yes um so Joe's answer was so I, like I think there was something about the way that he was tr- like talking that he was trying to be more like casual and like I don't know it it felt very like I'm talking to a black radio host. Yep. Kind of th- like he said man a lot and I was just like does he talk like this normally? Like I think he kind of does but not yeah. probably not that much. <laughs> It just it was weird. It was weird because Charlemagne is is was in that interview and also just in general like doesn't have a like we're casual goofy when he's like interviewing people. Yeah, he's like he's doing an interview. Like he's being serious. He's working. Right. Um obviously when he's interviewing Soldier Boy, he'll have a different demeanor, but like <laughs> you have to warm up to that. Um Well, Biden had his own Soldier Boy, and you can remember that because of the giant flag in the background of his uh, green screened background. <laughs> do you think he's just standing in front of a I green absolutely screen? 100% do. He definitely was at one point, like people determined that it was like a really badly composited shot. And I uh-huh. maybe they changed it. I don't think they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the same place that he's always been. Looks like the fucking going from. John Green Fog Brothers basement. <laughs> what? That's maybe, maybe that's too deep of a cut. <laughs> Sorry. So he just, I mean, his, his answers were just so memorized and like, it's so formulated. Like you could tell how prepared he was for the interview because like literally they were at the very beginning, he's like, how are you doing? And Joe like, you know, knocks us on his table or whatever. And he's like, you know, luckily my family's good. Listen, I'm fine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I am fine. My brain is normal. No. Um, he's like, you know, my, my family's doing well. And, um, how about yours? And Charlemagne was like, yeah, we're, um, something like, I don't remember the actual thing that he says. Editing Val here. What he says is we're over here, blessed, black, and highly favored. And Biden was like, I'll tell you what though, black communities are getting killed by this thing. Oh, And Charlemagne was like, oh yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. And it was, it was just like, wow, that is the, yep. Cool. That is the point that you were told to get across. Right, right. Like, it, sound, it feels so not genuine when you say it like that. Like, Yeah, sure sounds like you care. Yeah. And um, he, so, so Charlemagne asks him, you're not as online as um, other people from New York, like Sarah. So, you know, what do you say to that? Or, or you know, 
what do you say to people who are concerned about that? And his answer, I was like, whoa, dude. Like, especially because Charlemagne literally says, like, I have been critical of you about this. Um, And so then when Joe answers, he's like, his answer is basically like, fuck you. (laughs) I've done so much. Like, why do you care if I've been online? Like, he Mm -hmm. literally, he actually says at one point in his description of, like, I wrote this op-ed and I've been doing all this stuff. People are wondering why I'm not online. Get a life. Like, he literally says, get a life. Cool. To, like, people asking him why he hasn't been more visible. Very cool. It's just like, uh, okay. Um, Like, he he's, it's like you said, he's, like, so defensive about everything. Like, he... He could have said, like, I know that the video, you know, I know that the videos, video conferences and stuff have been very helpful to people, but I have been focusing on the policies I've been working. I've been blah, blah, blah. Instead, he just talks about what he's been doing and he has this plan to help people. And he, you know, it it just like, it seems it felt very belittling. Yeah. And he literally said, get a life. (laughs) Like, did not like it. Yeah, great timing. To tell everyone to go offline and go outside. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I don't think he meant get a life as in, like, go outside. But, but like, I think he meant, like, there are more important things than me being literally, like, in a video. But it just, it didn't, didn't come off well. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing... Charlemagne asked him about, do you think that this is going to be like 2016? Do you think there's going to be a repeat of that? And his answer was filled with pronouns and no names. Mm. And it was very confusing. I literally didn't know if at one point he was talking about Sanders or Trump because he was like, well, in 2016, this guy was really excited. He was, you know, he was going to be different and there was nobody really opposing him. So he got a lot of traction, but then, yeah. (laughs) And like... (laughs) And so he's here, but now I'm here and we're going to, it's different. So it's different. <laughs> I'm like. Try something different. Yeah. Try something different. Uh, and then Charlemagne is like, the crime bill. Why didn't have you, you know, apologize for that? Or uh, do you think it was a mistake? And he was like, no. <laughs> Next question. Thank you. But he, he was like, you know, the crime bill had a lot of other stuff in it, blah, blah, blah. I oppose the parts that people don't like about it. Mm-hmm. And he, and Charlemagne was like, well, you know, when Hillary was on in 2018, on this show, you know, on our show, she said that she apologized for that stuff. And like, she regrets a lot of those decisions or whatever. And Joe is literally like, she was wrong to say that. She was wrong to apologize? Yeah. Like, she was incorrect to say that the crime bill was bad because, you know... (laughs) A lot of the Black Caucus supported it. and Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like Charlemagne was like, but then also, you know, this this, sec- this other crime bill later, you also were a part of. And he was like, well, no, you're confusing this and that and blah, blah, blah. It was just, it was such a bad attitude to have and did not like it at all. He just has so much, like, open, like, revulsion yeah. for everyone. Just the contempt. Yeah, he just, he hates the people he expects to vote for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He is offering them nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it, that that stupid, like, joke, quote-unquote, that he makes at the end, it says everything that you need to know. Like, he doesn't care about any part 
of black voters' concerns because he assumes that they need to vote for him anyway. So yeah, man, I don't even. Sometimes I don't even don't even know how to think about Joe Biden, and I tend not to. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my choice. It's like, <laughs> um, but it's like the more cogent he is, mm-hmm. the worse it is. Like it was like when I was just kind of dismissing him when there was still like competition, mm-hmm. and when I was just like, oh, like he's kind of senile and like. Mm-hmm. Corn Nothing pop. he says matters. Yeah, like it was almost easier to like brush him off, mm-hmm. and like I still think he's like genuinely senile, like obviously. <laughs> um, but clearly, like he does believe a lot of this stuff, or at least he has internalized saying it to the point where it doesn't matter if he believes it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and his like his record before 2016 certainly shows that he believed this stuff before. Yeah, for sure. So it's like the more clear-headed he is, the worse I feel about him. And there's no the bar is already below the ground. <laughs> yeah, and he talks about he says like just look at my record, but he doesn't seem to. It it really feels like he's doesn't he doesn't have anything new or he doesn't have anything like moving forward. Like he's just like look at read my resume. That's who I am. And um, and as a president, I'll be president. Yeah. Joe, we already did. Yeah. We're reading it, and we don't like it. We don't like it. He's like, well, fuck you then. Listen, try something different. <laughs> Listen, man. Man. It was just really disappointing to hear him at the end say the thing about, if you if you don't know who you need to, who you want between me and him, because it's like, that's not the point. Yeah. It's not a binary question. The question is not, who are we going to vote for? It's, what are you going to do with that vote? Yeah. Also- Amy Klobuchar is being vetted (laughs) as VP. Um, Another thing that uh, he did say was Charlene was like, people are kind of disappointed. Like they thought that you should have a a black woman vice president. And he said, there are multiple black women in like his list of people. So K-Hive, get excited. Stacey Abrams stands. You're still in the mix. Grab your wands. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what... Utensil that the Stacey Abrams fandom uses. <laughs> so I just went to the default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Is there anything else or can we not talk about Biden anymore? <laughs> we can not talk about him anymore, yeah. We can be done with him. Can we talk about the opposite of Joe Biden, which is um, the screenplay of the Yesterday movie that came out this year about what if Beatles never exist? Mm-hmm. This piece came out a couple days ago, and I didn't think it was like worthy of like talking about much. But then I read it, mm-hmm. and I need to talk about this. Okay. Um. So can you? So you haven't read this? I have not. So my boyfriend did see yesterday and told me what happened in it. So if that's a spoiler, Mm-mm. okay. Then <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I'm getting into right now. Do you want to very quickly surmise it? What you remember of it? Summarize it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so a guy gets hit in the head with a refrigerator or something and goes unconscious. And while he's knocked out, the world resets for some reason and forgets um, a couple things, uh, like the Beatles and like Pepsi or something. And just like these random things get like deleted from history. And so he's a musician. He starts singing Beatles songs and he gets really popular. And then he like 
releases all their music and is like, this is for you, world. This this is the story of the Beatles. I didn't write these songs. And like a couple people find him. There are like 10 people in the world who also this happened to and are like, thank God. Thank you for putting this out here. Also, you messed up some of the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't remember them. <laughs> that's, um, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're just like, we're just glad that it's out there. And um, that's the end of the story as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. So that's the movie that came out. That's the movie. Spoilers for yesterday. Well, it was yesterday. How if you weren't if you didn't uh, notice it? How, uh-huh. uh, anyway, okay. So what if I told you that in the original screenplay, basically the same thing happens, except mm-hmm. instead of like becoming a worldwide sensation and like selling out stadiums with these songs, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. like gets slightly better gigs and still can't make enough money as a musician. And finds out that fame is, like, fickle and fortune is just random. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of, like, a, a bittersweet and kind of depressing story, but much more interesting. Huh. So that's... That would be really interesting. Because I, I was thinking about that when I, like, originally heard it was, like, these are kind of simplistic. Like, in nowadays, like, musical parlance, these are kind of simplistic songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if they would do well now. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's like, that's the setup for the article, right? Like this is, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. like a movie itself. Like this is the setup. And then I'm going to tell you what made me need to talk about this because like, okay, the screenplay was kind of more, more interesting than the final product wouldn't be worth talking about. What's worth talking about? Okay. So this, so the movie, uh, the screenplay was written by, uh, this writer called Jack Barth, who like has been able to, survive as a writer for 40 years, but, like, not never, like, had a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of, like, obviously influenced this this writing. Mm. Uh, and then at age 62, he sold this screenplay, which is, like, I think I think it's, like, one of the oldest people to ever, like, sell a first screenplay. Mm. But then the screenplay was taken up by these two British filmmakers, Richard Curtis, who made Love Actually, and Danny Boyle, who made Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. So, like... People were excited, like, this is going to be, like, a huge hit, like, this really cool, like, this interesting place for, for a screenplay to come from, and these two huge producers. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened? Instead of them just, like, writing by committee and making it more, like, toned down and, like, simplistic, uh-huh. what happened is uh, Richard Curtis uh, apparently was pitched the film as, what if a guy woke up and no one knew who the Beatles was? Uh-huh. And he said, stop right there. That's the inspiration I need. I'm going to write the rest of it. Oh. And then, so he takes all the credit for the story. Oh, my God. Uh, He, like, does. (laughs) It's like, it's so funny. It's the exact thing that happens in the movie. (laughs) He, he, like, the famous guy Mm -hmm. takes all the credit for the story, Mm -hmm. which has the exact same beats down to uh like going to see like old fisherman John Lennon who never who never died. Oh my god. And like the joke the joke at the end about no one knowing Harry Potter is oh in both the screenplay and the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> and he just like tells everyone that he made he like he yeah, he like admits that Barth um just like Barth uh like had like provided the the elevator pitch, but uh-huh. he wrote everything. Oh my god. But it's the exact same. <laughs> um except that when the movie came out, this guy from Australia uh contacted them and said, Hey, look, I uh wrote the same story and I'm gonna sue you guys. Oh except my it god. turned out that he, 
Except it turned out that he had released his draft of his book, like, after the screenplay had been written. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, uh, like, the guys in the UK were notified about that, like, email, the guy who claimed credit for everything immediately, like, emailed the guy who wrote it, like, congratulating him for coming up with the whole story. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Trying to trying to, like, shunt off the blame. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Holy shit. Wow. So it's like an inverse. It's like, what if the Beatles said that they wrote all of your songs? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think, like, I don't think it's like a poetic irony. Like, it's not like a one-to-one thing with what happens in the movie. Right. But it's It's just so funny that it's so similar. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah. Why did he do that? I don't know. Why does why do why does famous people do anything? That is so strange. So here's a quote from what uh the guy said in an interview, Curtis. Uh yesterday was an odd one actually because I didn't think of the one-line thesis. Someone rang me and said, "You know, would you be interested?" And I think maybe even even directing the film with this one-line plot, a musician who's the only person to remember the Beatles. And so what happened after this is well, I said, "No, don't tell me anymore. Let me just write my own film." Which is just a lie. What? <laughs> it's just a lie. So, did did he actually, like... I mean, he might have, like, rewritten the whole thing, but he can't claim to have made the same story beats. And also, like, the, the love interest being, like, a school teacher is also the same mm. in both. So, like, he can't have just... That's way too close. Yeah. Like, there's three... Three things just in the article, like, outside of everything else in the film, mm-hmm. that are the same, that he couldn't have thought of all of independently. Right, right. That's so, ugh. That is really weird. What do you think the royalty divide is? Uh, so that's actually, like, the point of the article, is that um, basically there's this entire thing in Hollywood, which people call Hollywood accounting, mm-hmm. where net profits for films basically only go to people who are considered, like, important. Mm. So, the technically, the, the actual writer of the screenplay, like, he got, like, a... He was he was paid for the screenplay, mm-hmm. and then also you get royalties for the movie, which was, it was successful, so he should be getting royalties. Yeah. But he isn't because of the way that Hollywood accounting, like, fuddles with the math. Oh. Uh, and it brings up that um, as of 2011, the actor who played Darth Vader still hadn't received residuals for Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Because of the way, because which it, it earned, technically hasn't made profit yet, despite the fact that it literally has made four hundred seventy-five on a thirty-two million dollar budget, right? But it's just like the way that they do the math is like, oh well, the more money we make, the le- the more money it cost in the first place, right? No, no, no. Uh, and this is just like this open secret in Hollywood that like you got to be like a name to get money on residuals. That's horrible. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. He should have a, um, a, what is, what am I thinking of? A movie Not- about him. <laughs> yes. He should have a movie about him. I Actually, you know what? Don't tell me any more of this article. I'm going to write an, a movie about him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Go fund me. A go fund me. Where we can send him money. I mean, I don't know if he's like poor. <laughs> i don't know if he needs money i saw this movie and i thought it was good here's two dollars if we all do that he'll be okay <laughs> that's like um when i was young mm-hmm. i thought that 
like when I was starting to get into like pirating music, mm-hmm. um, I thought that maybe if I like mailed the, the band ten dollars, it would be okay because <laughs> I didn't want the corporation to get a cut. Right. I mean, that would be way more money than they would have normally gotten from right. You. Exactly, and it, it like same for but same amount of money for me. Um, I never actually did it because it seemed like a lot of work to figure out where to mail it. Yeah, and I also. It could have been a check, probably, but I was literally thinking of <laughs> sending $10. Yeah, it's not advisable to send cash through the mail, but um, <laughs> uh, it could probably do it. I don't know why I imagine that, like, <laughs> like the way that turnips rot if you time travel, that, like, money degrades if you put it in the mail. <laughs> I'm just, like, never send money through the mail. Never. But I, I have gotten cash in the mail before, so I know that it's fine. I sent my friend a cookie in the mail once. Oh my god, that's awesome. I am, um, <laughs> in like, grade nine, I think, I made a Facebook post that was like, like my status and I'll give you a cookie, no matter what. <laughs> and and I honored it. And there was like, two like, kids in the school who I didn't know and who were kind of like bullies, mm-hmm. but they liked the status and I gave them cookies on the bus. Wow. Did they stop? And then my one friend... I, I mean, they weren't bullies to me specifically. Oh, did they stop bullying they in general, like, though? Cool guys, like cool boys who didn't talk to me. Uh-huh. And I didn't have any interest in talking to. But I gave them cookies. But then my one friend from like six hours away liked, this, <laughs> liked the status. And I was like, okay, I'm going to mail you a cookie, but I can't promise that it'll be good when you get when you get it. <laughs> uh, but he ate it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where did he live? What's his address? Uh, I want all of I our listeners know. to send him a cookie. <laughs> Send a cookie to um, one. Uh, How about this? What color is his house? White. Okay. It, it was Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I said everyone who liked my status would get a cookie, no matter what. You're in. You were in grade nine at the time. <laughs> were you in grade nine four years ago? <laughs> Wait. Were you? Well, no. No. Oh my god. His new address. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I really just had a moment where I was like, what if she is? What if she was? <laughs> no, you're not 17. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, sometimes people on the internet are young. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but grade nine was like half my life ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Wait, hold on. Ninth grade was literally half my life ago. So it was like, I guess, 12 years ago for me. Yeah. And I'm six years old, so that's weird. <laughs> Grade nine was twice my life ago. <laughs> I was negative six at the time. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to acknowledge the fall of a giant. Um, may he rest in his little in his box little that he box sleeps in with a blanket the over blanket. his head. <laughs> it looks like a little <laughs> covered wagon. Garfield. Garfield eats. Garfield does eat, but sometimes Garfield has to take a rest. He loved us. He fed us. He did leave us. <laughs> well, actually, he's not leaving us because um, the employees have Garfield masks. Yes. So so the Toronto Garfield eats, the rest down around, that's how you spell it, got shut down because it was evicted. By its landlord, yes, locked out by its landlord. Um, do you know? Do you want? Do you know what's going on with this? There was a an email from like the internal a press release. Okay, hold on, I need to find this press release. 
I think it's on Instagram. <laughs> it's on the notes app. <laughs> Garfield Confessions. <laughs> Stop sending in a confession that you want to fuck the nanny cat from Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I got it. So this is a press release from Garfield Eats. Mm-hmm. Uh, very obviously written by, what's his name? Nathan Masri, uh, who is the... Uh, Chief Entergagement Officer of Garfield Pete's. <laughs> the uh, young entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, who, I, like, I want to stress uh, when I read his writing that this man is like fully, like this man is a Canadian born citizen and like fully speaks English. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Unempathetic landlord locks our favorite cartoon theme restaurant during COVID-19. A Canadian landlord destroys young entrepreneurship. May 20th. Garfield Eats, world's first Garfield-themed restaurant, known for Garfield-shaped pizzas, big lasagnas, and Garfagino coffee in Toronto, with a pop-up store at 995 Floor Street West. That's my friend Steve's house. (laughs) It has turned into a nightmare that has turned into a nightmare for the beloved cat and the young founder, Nathan Masri, who is also a social media influencer in entrepreneurship with over 115,000 followers and advocate against homelessness. I'm sorry. Oh, (laughs) okay. I, like... (laughs) skipped the part where you said thousand so i was like he has over 115 followers (laughs) (laughs) um garfield has entertained the world for 41 years and a heartless landlord has shown no form of appreciation to the beloved cartoon (laughs) (laughs) so the part that the part that stuck out to me (laughs) is the advocate against homelessness part which like maybe he has done some some altruistic stuff before, mm-hmm. but I think what it means is that he's just now an advocate against homelessness because his restaurant was shut down by the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in- insinuating that Garfield the cartoon is homeless. It's like how churches are a house of God, this is a house of Garfield. Like, actual Garfield <laughs> lives in Garfield Eats, and now he has nowhere to live. Like, he lives in our hearts, Jason, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that this, like, press release is, like, <laughs> this has turned into a nightmare for the beloved cat and the young founder, Nathan Masri, <laughs> who I will describe in detail. <laughs> and who is me writing this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the chief engagement officer writing this. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate Mondays. <laughs> I hate being evicted. <laughs> I can't say. Mao was right. <laughs> I don't know why, but that has just like really strong. Well, it was a crime, and I hated it. Um, vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how editorialized that press release is. Like our heartless yeah. landlord. <laughs> he doesn't care me at all. <laughs> landlord doesn't care me. <laughs> so Garfield um defeats. Garfield defeats. <laughs> nope, that sounds like a wiki feed article. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he does have weird feet. <laughs> have you ever looked at Show them? Show Garfield defeats. They look like fucking Richard Scary Bread. <laughs> what? Like the Busy Town com- like picture books? No. <laughs> With like 
the worm who like has an apple car and like the cats mm, who mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. yeah there was one where it was like how a bakery works and like i think the worm got baked into a, a bread but he was fine and he ate his way yeah. out i would love to be a worm and eat my way out of a problem <laughs> or a bread or a bread i mean bread specifically yeah bread is not a problem yeah that's the opposite <laughs> of a problem but just the way there's like shapes of bread that have just stuck with me from that picture book <laughs> and i guess i made the connection between one of those and the way that garfield's feet are drawn <laughs> they're lumpy probably so uh what is this garfield um mass situation as well so that's actually um I, I mean i gotta hand it to him the mask that they're having the workers wear it's like a a customized mask and it's just like garfield's huge smile mm-hmm. all over your face mm. It's really scary, um, honestly. It's huge it's, teeth. It's scary, but like the ostentatiousness of it is kind of I kind of respect it. It's the most I'd ever considered like not purchasing, but like appreciating a Garfieldies product. Yeah, yeah. And they are selling them at twenty five dollars <laughs> for the low, low price of twenty five dollars. Are they just cloth? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they're just normal, <laughs> just regular regular mask you could just make one of these (laughs) i'm just gonna draw garfield's mouth on my mouth i'm getting a tattoo when this is over (laughs) i'm gonna make a mask out of just like half a paper plate (laughs) that's what the phantom of the opera said right yeah you're right (laughs) i guess he did (laughs) you know your joke is good when you have to say right at the end of it (laughs) um I had to think I had to think about it cuz <laughs> it was just such a left turn but you were right. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of phantoms, it really annoys me that the ghost in Animal Crossing doesn't know that they're a ghost. It's very cute. And thinks that you're a ghost? I'm like, "Excuse me, have you looked in a mirror? I'm a ghost? Why do you have spirit pieces that I have to collect?" I mean, it's fine. It's funny. It's funny. One of my first island evaluations was, I like that there are no ghosts on this island. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Anyway, Animal Crossing talk cannot be contained. It's all I think about. So, uh, Animal Cross talk. Animal Cross talk. Animal... Right? Have you seen... Oh, actually, this this isn't even like a shout out because I don't actually know the quality of it. But there is um, like a talk show that someone's doing in Animal Crossing. Mm Mm-hmm called, like, Animal Talking, and they've had, like, actual guests, like, Elijah Wood was on it. What? Yeah. It's in, it's in Animal Crossing? It's on YouTube, but it's, like, filmed in Animal Crossing. Oh, that's so good! And, like, the set is, like, a cute, like, David Letterman set in their basement. Mm-hmm. And they've got, like, their friend playing the drums on the side the whole time. <laughs> they, like, they're, like, in the chat, and they're, like, punctuating with, like, cymbal crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like, there's been like musical performances What? and it's just, it seems like, I I mean, I don't know the person who makes it. I don't know the quality of it, but mm-hmm. it just seems really cute. Like I watched the video of like the tour of the set. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Animal talking. If you uh, are desperate for talk shows. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be people who like talk shows that much and are sad that they're not around right now. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that it would die like cruise ships, but you know. Editing Val here. I start to tell a story, but then forget that I brought it up. So we're just going to skip to the next part. Oh, just like the like um, the lip syncing to yes. like clips of people. Okay, yes, 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 yes. yes. So it's lip syncing, but sound comes out of your mouth also. Right. Okay. So yeah, just yeah. Okay. T- talk syncing. Lip talking. Lip talk. <laughs> lip talking, as opposed to the other kind of talking. Yeah, with your hands. Oh yeah. 
makes you think. I wish that I had the kind of heart that would lead me to think of hand talking before I thought of ass talking. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing linguistics homework and learning a lot about sign languages, so <laughs> okay, that's just where my mind went. Alec and I started watching... I talk about my boyfriend too much. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. We started watching The Orville, um, which is this uh, Seth MacFarlane show about that's basically what if Seth MacFarlane made Star Trek. And there was there was a character, there's like a robot character um, who's basically Data, but more. It's like if it's like if Data was racist. Anyway, oh. um, <laughs> do you mean like how like facial recognition algorithms are racist? No, no, like how Bender is racist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> little bender things. <laughs> Racism. No, he just thinks that the robots all are convinced that they are as artificial life forms are superior to. Okay, gotcha. Regular ones, um, biological. I mean, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Mask off. <laughs> Math off. Is that wait? Is that what biological life forms do? Because we're not robots. I guess. So. Math off. Mast, mast off? Like, like Bender took, takes his, like, antenna off? No, like, mathematics off. Math? I mean, yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> there's this, uh, one of the characters, one of the people, human characters, is saying, um, all right, th- this is gonna sound like I'm talking out of my ass, but, and the robot goes, that's fine, just enunciate. <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's good, it's good. Orville, surprisingly good show. Cool. It's very... It's, I watched an interview with Seth MacFarlane one time where he was like, in 200 years, everyone is going to be atheist. And that shows if you watch the Orville. Which Seth is, McFar- Seth MacFarlane is the fu- funny guy one. Family guy. He is the family guy. He is the funny guy of family guy. <laughs> funny guy family moments. <laughs> It's just Seth MacFarlane, like, hugging his son or whatever. <laughs> Top 10 funny guy family moments. Ugh. There's that the is a title, title if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about Garfield? I think so. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> um... <laughs> I want to go to Lightbringers. <laughs> uh, wait, I think we have more shoutouts. Oh, yeah, okay. Funko Pop. Oh, yeah. Who I don't like, um, has come out with Frontline Workers Pops. Hos- so it's hospital workers. It's like two nurses and two doctors. They have already donated to a COVID-19 relief kind of fund thing with this release which is sounds nice but also means that they're not donating donating any of their profits from this pop oh to that thing they've just made a lump sum donation which they haven't said how much it is and are selling Uh, these funko pops how convenient as part of their hero collection yeah yeah along apparently they apparently they did a similar thing in february with their uh with like firefighters uh, rescuing animals from bushfires. Okay. Where they also made a donation and then sell the thing. Honestly, I would have the same reaction or a similar reaction if the news was just Funko Pop continues to release pops. I mean, I don't understand how they're 
selling any if no one's going into GameStop, because that's the only <laughs> place that they exist. Yes. Well, GameStop is an essential business, so... It, you're right, and that means that Funko Pops are an essential service, so they should really make a Funko Pop of themselves. <laughs> Funko Pop, ununionized factory worker. <laughs> I don't know that for certain, but... Funko Pop, Roger Funko, CEO of Funko Pop. <laughs> that would be an amazing reason for his name to be... For their name to be Funko Pop. <laughs> what if it was unrelated? <laughs> He was like, I just wanted to make a funky pop. But like, I thought- Doug, like Doug Bowser. Like, not, he wasn't named that because he's Bowser. Yeah, I was wondering, okay, because that's what I was thinking about next. Like, when did they name him Bowser and when did he become? No, because Doug Bowser is the current CEO after. After regular Bowser. <laughs> Nintendo's been a company for a long time, which means that uh, Baby Bowser was a big fan. And then he grew up to be the CEO, which I think is very... <laughs> And that's why he named himself Bowser. That's why he named himself... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> oh my god. This is a great episode. It is. <laughs> I always love episodes with you. Me too. That's my opinion. Um. So, I believe that is all the topics that we have now. Yeah, there's obviously other stuff that's happened, but... That's all the stuff we can make goofs out of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would. I will say the um, Trump Pence campaign has already made T-shirts oh, that say yeah. hashtag You Ain't Black. Yeah, uh, because Biden is just he's the only one who can beat Trump. If you think about it, if you think about it, there's no one else. There's no one actually who could do any better against Trump. Nope. Because no one else can do the things that Joe Biden does, which is well, to the give- strange. Th- the strange thing is that Joe Biden is the only person. I mean, if you think about it, Trump is basically uh, giving Biden free advertising by uh, putting his slogan on his own merchandise. It's true. Maybe people will see that that T-shirt and think that um, it means that you're a Biden supporter, and they'll be like, "Oh, I should, I should vote for Biden." Yeah, they'll see that, that T-shirt and they'll think, "Wow, what a good reason to vote for Joe Biden." Do you want to go into Lightbringers? I would love to. What is your Lightbringer? My Lightbringer is kind of a repeat from last what time, is your but... Second, what is your second Lightbringer besides elementary? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, well, so it's it's kind of a repeat from, from last week because last week my... Or last time was um, my Lightbringer was that I had gotten Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. But my Lightbringer today is that I have, quote unquote, beaten Animal Crossing. So... Um, Last night or yesterday evening or whatever, Tom Nook called KK Slider and um, asked if he would be available to come see our town. And he said yes. Mm-hmm. So this morning I was woken up um, with the announcement that KK was doing a concert in my town. So Okay, I have a question. Yes. How funny was it to you that after all the buildup, KK Slider was just like in Tom's phone? <laughs> like <laughs> on speed dial. <laughs> Like, they know each other. You could Tom have just like, asked at any time. He's like, I want to make it so that KK hears about it mm-hmm. before we call he's just, him. He's before really, I call him. He didn't want to, like, cold call him. Right. He, he wanted to impress his boyfriend. <laughs> he, 
He's like, I will ask him to be on the podcast, but only after he retweets or likes one of our tweets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I remember too when Isabel like read the island uh, evaluation that was from KS. I was like, oh KS, I wonder if that's KK Slider. And, like I my eyebrows raised up, and then the camera pans over to Tom Nook, and his eyebrows have raised. Up, and he's like <laughs> KS. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Also, listeners, if you enjoyed this little chit-chat about Animal Crossing, there's more where that came from, and where that came from was our mouths. Um, so we are going to be releasing a pre-show uh, with this episode where we talk about Animal Crossing for 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. And it's uh, going to be free to all uh, people, because Patreon is paused. Mm-hmm. Pause Trion. Pause Trion. We'll have to wait Trion for it to come to be charged. I hope. Again. You can put it in your phone and press Playtreon. <laughs> now, Alex, what is your light bringer? Your leaf bringer is what I almost said. <laughs> oh my god. My um, leaf bringer is the internet because it brings leaf to me. My leaf bringer is uh, the little glass of water that my mom keeps fresh cilantro in because it, it <laughs> lets me have fresh cilantro. <laughs> that is a good... Oh, I'm going to do that. Um... And I did maybe sing a little song to my cilantro today because oh. of how much I like cilantro. Oh. <laughs> but that's not my light bringer. I'm glad that you have the cilantro good gene. I know. I feel so bad. I'm. I should. I should have. I should always say when I talk about cilantro that I'm. I'm really sorry for you guys who don't. Yeah. Have the. The right gene. The the horrible thing is, um, Alec has the soap feel thing. Oh no! But he wasn't born with it. What? So he knows what he's missing out on. How? What? I don't know. I don't know. Did he know. get a virus? I Maybe he has nanobots. Maybe he has nanobots. <laughs> also, that might not be true and I might be thinking of something else, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. That is... It might be something else because I don't think that's possible. I mean, genes... DNA does degrade and transform over time, doesn't it? It does, I think, like, the point of the cilantro one is, like, it's, like, a one-to-one gene. Like, we can specify the exact spot on the genome where either cilantro good or cilantro bad is. Well, maybe the cilantro good, that just that one little gene degraded. But it would have to degrade in every molecule of his body. Oh. In every cell of his body <laughs> at the same time. Which is possible if he got, like, uh, like genetic, ther- like, <clears throat> gene therapy. Is this the kind of, is this maybe... What might have happened when he got zapped with that big green laser that said cilantro bad on it? <laughs> I think you should have mentioned that at the start. Because yeah. he did walk away from that feeling fine. So right. that might have. But but there was no cilantro around, so he couldn't have t- known. Right. Exactly. What if um, Superman's weakness was, was cilantro? <laughs> <laughs> and Batman had to keep a little packet of cilantro on him. Wait. <laughs> Because Batman has a little piece of kryptonite on him at all times in case Superman goes bad. Oh. But the cilantro would go bad before Superman did. Right. Batman has to keep a little glass of water on him. (laughs) The Batmobile has a little cup holder that has a a planter in it. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I would like him a lot more as a character, I think. Batman in his Batcave, like, <laughs> he's like, Clark, I'm working on a new gene therapy to help you, to help everyone have good cilantro gene. And 
<laughs> Superman's like, no, Bruce. I need this to keep me grounded. <laughs> I need a weakness. Oh my god. And he buys a little UV lamp for his bat cave because it's underground, but this Elantra still needs light. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, cilantro grow up. That's the dream. He would have a different relationship with Poison Ivy, probably. Ooh. I don't know what his relationship is with her now. I didn't mean like. I think adversarial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would be still adversarial, but <laughs> slightly warmly she'd yeah she'd like respect him a little bit for yeah. having cilantro <laughs> he'd be like, be like listen. well he's trying he'd be like listen i understand where you're coming from i have a little cilantro at home <laughs> but we can't do this <laughs> you can't blow up the city <laughs> um <clears throat> okay um my light bringer <laughs> <laughs> four minutes later I can't even say it because it's not f- funny. <laughs> Just say it. I have to get the f- I have to get the funny out of my system. <clears throat> um, my light bringer is Batman's light um, bringer was his UV lamp. <clears throat> <laughs> what if the the bat signal <laughs> was a UV lamp that he projected onto the clouds, and then the the shape in it was a little cilantro leaf? <laughs> it's the shadow from his cilantro. Yeah, cilantro that he's. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you. No, that's that's good. <laughs> he just waves the cilantro plant in front of the light, and it bounces off the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely illegible, and no one understands. <laughs> and also, in this scenario, he would be stri- he would be <laughs> pointing the light, which would be <laughs> not the point of. The I mean, I guess in that case, it's okay because he's the one who needs to like see the signal. Yeah. So if he's already there. <laughs> Doesn't matter if no one understands. <laughs> it's not the bad signal anymore. It's just him having a little fun at home, <laughs> getting a little silly. <laughs> I'm dying. I think, this is, I think this is what happens when you don't laugh for too much. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have laughed. There's been funny memes. (laughs) I laughed at something yesterday. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, alright. Okay. I need some water. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm gonna write mystery novels under the name Sal Lantro. My Lightbringer uh, is kind of abstract, which I feel like I do a lot of. Okay. Um, but it is, uh, actually studying something that you've always had an interest in. Uh, which in this case is linguistics, which um, I've had an interest in ever since I read like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and The Silmarillion as a 13-year-old. Wow. Uh, which is like the nerdiest and most basic way to get into linguistics, and it's very common. <laughs> but it also, it just means, it's like, it's very satisfying to actually learn the basics of something that you have been watching like YouTube videos about for five years. <laughs> That's really awesome. Because you just think it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Uh, and I, obviously, studying is hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking two, like, double speed summer courses is really tough. But it also means I'll have two months completely off, which will be nice. And in the meantime, it's a good way to uh, take my mind off things. Nice. Yeah. Is to learn about something that I've always found fascinating. 
and not worry about whether it'll get me a career. <laughs> yeah. So what are you learning about right now? Uh, well, I just learned about morphology, which is how you make words out of sounds. Mm -hmm. And I learned something really cool, which is, um, so basically one of the cool things that this textbook keeps reiterating is how every rule that spoken languages follow are also followed by sign languages. Oh, yeah. But one of the cool things that that means is like the affixes that spoken sounds have, like prefixes, suffixes, and uh, interfixes, which are like putting thing in the middle of the word. Okay. Like absolutely, that kind of thing. I was, I was just about to ask if that yeah, was that's one the of them. that's that's like the only one that we have in English. <laughs> um, but um, in sign languages, you can actually have a you can have all those, but you can also have a simultaneous affix, Ooh. which is doing one sign at the same time as another sign, mm -hmm. which you obviously can't do in spoken language because you can't <laughs> say two two sounds at the same time. As much as I often try to. <laughs> oh yeah, like I can like try to double whistle, but that's not. <laughs> that doesn't have any semantic meaning, <laughs> except to say, look how cool I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So morphology, how you make mm -hmm. words from sounds, you just put them together. You do put them together, but there are, there's class. rules. and Oh, there's rules. Right. You're, oh. you're right. I, I've wasted <laughs> my money. <laughs> you, It's how you put the... There are ways that you're supposed to do it. It's ways that you don't do yes. it. Yes. And there's... You can study how a language does it from observing... It's words, which is cool and fun, and my homework. Nice. Mm -hmm. Can your linguistic homework explain to me why we um, can have words start with, like, K-R, but we can't have words start with M-R? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, actually, so words can start with M-R, they just don't. They don't. In English, but we can still borrow words, like, like Jason Mraz. Like, that is a word. Oh, yeah. But it's just not, it doesn't have an English origin. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, every language has rules about which sounds go together. Uh-huh. And those vary from language to language. And there are some that are much more common. And there are some that are basically impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but any combination of sounds is theoretically valid, I think. Huh. Yeah. If you're a combination of sounds, you're valid. Like if you're a combination of sounds, hit like in this podcast. <laughs> a combination of sounds that's listening to this podcast. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat, and I like it. I'm happy for you. It's really good. Thank you. So that was podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the taxpayers for the use of our song. No, our use of their song. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Men off this album, Cold Hearted Town. If you would like to get in contact with us, um, you can send a cookie to Steve's address, or you can um, talk to us on Twitter or Tumblr or do we have a Facebook? We do, but don't talk to don't us. Don't talk there. to us on it. And we also have a Reddit. We're H C no H C H C. We're C three P O G T D. <laughs> We are H-K-I-P-G-T-D on all of those platforms, and we are H-K-I-P-G-T-D on Patreon as well. If you become a patron right now, our patron Patreon is um, frozen uh, in time like a caveman. But what that means for you is that um, it's currently free. So if you'd like to join, you can get access to our pre and post shows and any of our extra bonus stuff, any of our um, extended light bringers, cut for time. Um, stuff like that. Normally, you would have to be at least a $1 patron to get that. Uh, uh, but right now, you have to be a $0 patron. 
We also have different tiers. So the $5 tier gets you all of that stuff, as well as the role of comrade in our Discord and a shout out on the podcast. And the $10 tier gets you all of that and the extra special role of Conrad in our Discord, which allows you to listen into the podcast live as they are being recorded. So now with no more further ado, thank you to our five and $10 patrons. A sexual fish tank, Alex H, Alex Schaup, Alex Hoot, Ashinu, Bryant, Bryce, Burgermeister, Chaz Goblin, Claire Steer, uh, Corleone Capone Cone, <laughs> David Besser, Destryhawk, Dijonese, Hmm, Jacob Sears, Jane Wick, Maximilian Rower, I'm guessing that's pronounced Endi- Indian, at uh, NDN, Snufkin, Neve Noah Williams, Nick Clarkson, uh, Non-Binary Left Beef, Patrick Van Brunt, Paul Blart Fleshcart, Pregnant Seinfeld, Rain Raven, Stephanie Ruff, Summer Geist, The Tallest Jew, Tuster McGee, there's two pages of this now, <laughs> uh, and Win and your sapphic Minecraft B-Wife. Yay! Thank you. That's, I think I mentioned some people there who are at $5 but are paying $0 because of pause. Nice. Uh, so you're welcome for that sneak preview of your name being said by one of us. <laughs> well, it still counts. I mean, they, they've pledged to give us $5 eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, anyone can do that. Well, don't say that. <laughs> People will abuse if, our if, tier system. If if Joe Biden says <laughs> he'll pledge $5 to us eventually, we will have to say his name on the podcast, which we wouldn't do otherwise. We would never do that. That Wait, does that mean somebody can sign up for the George Soros tier? <laughs> No, they they could say their name is George Soros, but unless... Oh, wait, yeah, they could. You're right. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> you you can, but, but watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, because we will announce when we turn it back on, but if you're Soros tier, we won't. And also, don't trust us to be organized enough to notice <laughs> and warn you. <laughs> don't say that you'll... Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. Unless it's funny. Unless, <laughs> Unless it's Which really it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is. If you're going to pledge a joke amount, it has to be more. Right. Than the Soros amount. It has to be $2 trillion and... Yeah. You have to pledge to um, pay all of America's debt mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take care of it. We won't give it to the government. No. We're going to have it offshore in our Canadian... <laughs> Hosts <laughs> pockets. We w- we don't have any use for it. Well, we certainly don't take American money here. That's why we'd give it to you. It definitely never happens that uh, American <laughs> and Canadian coins are exactly the same, and we just treat them interchangeably. Yeah, I've never gotten a Canadian dime from a store. Anyway, if people would like to find you on the internet, um, Alex, where can they find you? Uh, you can go to Leaf Crunch on Twitter or Tumblr, I guess, and that's where I'll be. And I am a Flight Cub B, which is spelled like Flight Cub, but with a second B on the end of it, which stands for C three PO. The second B stands for C three BO. Or wait, did you say B three PO? I said C three. I said the first, like the whole C three PO. I didn't put a B in there. Okay. Don't put a B in C three PO. Oh my god. might have noticed something different about me. I have a red arm, and also I'm screaming. <laughs> like we always say, don't put a B in C-3PO. <laughs> you can put a B anywhere. 
put a B anywhere, but try not to. <laughs> uh, my name is C-3PO. The B is silent. <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we have to be done. <laughs> Memento Pokemori. <laughs> Memento Pokemori.